Football is around the corner, and we are ramping it up over here on the Ringer NFL feed in the month of August. Every week, Ben Solak and I will be bringing you not one, but two extra point takens. That's right. Double the trouble as we predict, debate, and analyze our way through camp and the preseason every Monday and Friday. But that is not all. Steven Ruiz and I will be coming to you every Wednesday. We'll talk about everything in the world of the NFL. And who knows? Maybe Steven will even have something nice to say about your favorite squad. Though, frankly, I wouldn't count on it. Subscribe to The Ringer NFL Show on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. And be sure to follow The Ringer NFL on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter at Ringer NFL. This episode is brought to you by Kia's first three-row all-electric SUV, the Kia EV9. With available all-wheel drive that sets the pace and seating for up to seven adults. With zero to 60 speed that throws you one moment and available lounge seats that unwind you the next. Visit kia.com slash EV9 to learn more. Ask your Kia dealer for availability, no system. No matter how advanced can compensate for all driver error and or driving conditions, always drive safely. This episode is brought to you by Empower. You got money questions like, can I retire early? What are my best savings options? Can I afford to pay for my kid's education? Luckily, Empower has all the answers. With Empower's real-time dashboard and real live conversations, you get clarity on your real-life financial goals. So join 18 million Americans and Empower What's Next. Start today at Empower.com. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Sponsored by Empower, not an endorsement or a statement of satisfaction by a client. Football show. My name is Danny Heifetz, and I am joined by Danny Kelly and Craig Horlbeck. And today we are going through all the players nobody is talking about, aka the Steven Glansbergs. Craig, will you please explain what Steven Glansberg <laughs> or who Steven Glansberg is? Steven Glansberg is a character in the movie Super Bad, one of our favorite movies of all time, one of my favorite movies of all time. And there's a joke in the movie, there's a swear word in it that I won't say. Jonah Hill's character doesn't want to eat alone, and he references how he doesn't want to be like Steven Glansberg, who eats alone every day at lunch at his table. And it's just a sad kid sitting there, I think, like eating pudding. (laughs) So that's what we're talking about on today's episode is uh, all the players that just nobody's mentioning during the entire run up of the fantasy football season. And we're going to get into why and if we like them or, or don't like them. It's just like 10 guys sitting there with a snack pack, just sitting all alone at the table. And you know what? Maybe (laughs) Steven Glansberg's a good dude. We don't know. Maybe he's a a real person. For the record, he's a That's lawyer. True. That is true. We've been, he's one of. Uh, we've been trying to get him on the show. Was it Jonah Hill's friend or no? Someone, someone else's friend. From it was childhood. Seth Rogen Seth and Rogen. Seth Rogen's friend <laughs> from school. Yeah, we have actually emailed back and forth with the real Stephen Glansberg. <laughs> yes, so. we were going to get him on the show, and then he was like, "I'm like a very busy attorney. I don't know about this." We're like, like, right, what fine. am I going to say on this? Yeah, we're like, "That's nah, pretty big show, dude." So, <laughs> might help your practice if you come on. DK, bat first, first here. Give us someone that just. Everyone, including us, has just been totally ignoring for the entire run-up to the season. Yeah, I want to talk about T. Higgins, wide receiver for the Bengals, who I feel like yeah. we haven't mentioned at all in the last month or so. He's Every just kind year of that the Jamar guy. Chase is on his team, people exactly. will not talk about this man. And, I mean, if you look at the overall body of work when him and Jamar Chase have been on the field, T. Higgins and Jamar Chase have been on the field together, like the, the total targets, the total yards, um, and points are pretty close. However. I do feel like Jamar Chase pulled away from him a little bit last season um, in 12 games. We played f- four fewer games than T. Higgins. Jamar Chase out-targeted him, out-caught him, 
had more touchdowns, more yards, uh, and obviously averaged way more fantasy points. He averaged 6.7 half PPR fantasy points per game. He was the wide receiver five. That's Jamar Chase. T. Higgins, 11.5 points per game. You say 6.7 or 16.7? 16.7. He was the wide rec- overall wide receiver five in points per game. Jamar Chase was. T. Higgins finished as the wide receiver 19. I think that's a, probably around what we can expect, but at the same time, you know, there is a world where T. Higgins kind of gets back to what he was two seasons ago when he was healthy. He did battle an ankle injury. I think he had some hamstring issues this last season. There's a chance he wasn't even really that healthy. And of course, you want to be attached as much as possible to this Bengals offense. You want every piece of this offense. And this is an offense last year led by Joe Burrow that finished seventh in points per game, fifth in points per drive, seventh in yards, and uh, fifth overall in pass rate. So there's going to be a ton of passing opportunity in this offense. And so it is a little bit strange to me that we're not talking about T. Higgins more. Where, where do you guys land on T. Higgins? I think the reason why he's not getting talked about is because we kind of know exactly what he is. And I think a lot of right. players on this list are, it's not that they're not sexy. They're just very predictable. They they have a kind of a, a tight window of where they could finish. You know, there, there's not really a scenario in which T Higgins completely bombs and falls outside of the top 30. And it's also probably unlikely that he finishes as a top five guy with Jamar chase. So I think we just, right. cause we know what he is. So I think he's a perfectly fine pick at his value. And that's, that's kind of all there is. Yeah. He's Andy in toy story when he just gets dropped for the <laughs> yes, new toy. And T Higgins 100%. is like, yeah, wow. I've seen this guy for like a whole three years already. Who cares about this dude? That's kind of the energy, but Wow. Deacon, do you feel like T. Higgins was at full strength last year? No, it, it did feel like he was battling injuries for a big chunk of the season. Um, there was one game, I believe, he only played about 10 snaps, so that definitely like lowers his bottom line in terms of his points per game and, and all that. I do think he's one of the better receivers in the NFL, though. He is very underrated in terms of his overall talent. Obviously, he's just getting overshadowed by Jamar Chase, who is all-world, probably one of the best talents at receiver the NFL has seen. And so... When you got a guy like T. Higgins, it's just easy to forget about him. It's almost like the same thing we're seeing with like Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf for the Seahawks, who obviously very different stylistically, but everyone's very enamored with DK Metcalf. People just kind of forget about Lockett. I think we're we're having the same effect here with T. Higgins. Well, we have T. Higgins 31st overall. He's our wide receiver 15. Are you saying that T. Higgins is like a discount to Jamar Chase that you don't have to take top five? Or are we kind of like, ah, meh, you know, yeah, really good player, really cool. Not going to keep on living my life. Uh, more towards the latter, honestly. I mean, it's not, <laughs> I am not sad if I get T. Higgins in a draft, but I'm also just not super excited. He's not the type of guy I'm like, oh, this guy's going to win me my league, even though he is ranked pretty highly for us. And what's nice about T. Higgins compared to other guys around him, like Amari Cooper or Calvin Ridley are good examples. T. Higgins has an upside. Uh, there, there is a possibility that Jamar Chase gets hurt and T. Higgins right. would become the number one guy on the team and would significantly outperform his current projection. There's nothing that could happen to the Browns with Amari Cooper or to the Jags with Calvin Ridley that like would significantly change their projection. If guys below them got hurt, it probably doesn't change too much. So that's like one silver lining, I guess you could say, is that because yeah. T. Higgins is a number two, that there is a possibility of injury and that he could become the guy, which would make him a top 10 player probably immediately. It's a great point. Among those guys, just more upside. Craig, you made this joke a few weeks ago, but it's so true. Every time a player gets hurt in the NFL, all the fantasy people were like the Tim Robinson bit where it's like, we got to make money on this. <laughs> oh, so <laughs> too good. Such a bummer. Anyway, how could I extort this? <laughs> we're Owen Wilson at Wedding Crashers with the tears. We're like, fine. Just like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Oh my God. Wait, who, who mentioned DK Metcalf? I can't. I mentioned DK them. mentioned DK? Yeah. You did. Okay. The difference is that DK Metcalf is really cool and famous. Yeah. And T. Higgins is frankly, I, honestly, 
everyone, like you two, everyone listening, close your eyes. Can you picture T. Higgins' face? <laughs> do you, yeah. Do you know anything about T. Higgins? That is a question I have. Uh, I have no idea. How many OnlyFans models T. Higgins has slept with? DK Metcalf, <laughs> I think I have a ballpark. <laughs> we have some documentation of that, in fact. Yes. Uh, I don't know anything about T. Higgins. I know more about DK Metcalf. <laughs> I'll say that. Maybe we should have brought like bios for all these guys and like kind of search their social medias, you know, done a little dating profile for them. I'd love to get to know T Higgins. What's T what he's, what's he into? You know, what's our, what his, his name hobbies? T? What's his name? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Craig, well, Craig, do you, we have DK Metcalf. Yeah. 24th overall. And you had a Metcalf take. I'm going to find something out about T Higgins. Yeah. So I really wanted to talk about DK Metcalf, who I think this year is kind of a Glansberg because once again, it almost it feels like we know what he is. He's already kind of had his season. But, you know, looking into to, to DK Metcalf, who is ranked above Tyler Lockett in every ranking you're going to look for. I'm not sure why. DK Metcalf <laughs> and Tyler Lockett might be two characters in a rom-com. And DK Metcalf is the girl everybody wants. And she's the conventionally beautiful, popular girl that everybody's obsessed with. And then Tyler Lockett's the girl who sat next to you in algebra that you never <laughs> notice until the end of the year. At the dance, she walks onto the floor with her hair down in a dress, and you realize she's actually the most beautiful girl in the school. <laughs> she's got glasses. She's wearing glasses. That's Tyler Lockett. We need this all to end, the, the, putting DK Metcalf above Tyler Lockett. It needs to end. <laughs> Lockett should just be the guy. It doesn't make any sense. Why don't we consider him the 1A and DK the 1B? I went back and looked at these two. Over the last Please. three seasons, Tyler Lockett has straight up outscored DK Metcalf on a per game basis over the last <laughs> three seasons. It's a very narrow margin, but he is right. averaging more catches than him, more yards than him and more touchdowns all on a per game basis. And he's not getting worse. Matt Harmon from reception perception basically said the advanced metrics show that Tyler Lockett may have had the best year of his career last <laughs> year. And you want to know what's funny? Last year, Tyler Lockett finished as the wide receiver 15 and DK Metcalf as the wide receiver 27. This year, <laughs> Fantasy Pros ADP has DK Metcalf as the wide receiver 15 and Tyler Lockett as the wide receiver 27. They are exactly flipped. What's going on? What am I missing here? Have you seen DK Metcalf's eight pack? Like, come on. That's it. Yeah, that's, that's the thing. It it's because he's hot. It's DK Metcalf's hot. You know, if you you know those studies that are like hotter people, like we assume we assign comp the competence <laughs> right. to hotter people right. and like CEOs, like you know, entertainment, obviously. Um, but like just generally speaking, we assume that hotter people have competence. And the frankly, DK Metcalf is, you know, probably a little more attractive of a man than Mr. Tyler Lockett. So we're and just like maybe we're just, just blinded by DK's muscles year after year after yes. year. I mean, yes. look at the numbers last year. They were literally opposites in ADP. Lockett, the 15th best wide receiver. Metcalf, the 27th. And and the opposite is where they're ranked right now. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. I think the reason is he was, DK Metcalf was like top two in like end zone targets. He was he top, one, of those. top one. He was the number top one. one. He was number Quite one. A lot. But I said top two. That's still correct. It's just, <laughs> the bright side I, I for DK wrong. is you're right. He led all wide receivers in end zone targets. He had 22 and he only scored on five of them. And mm. Lockett scored on six of his nine. But still, I mean, it's not yeah. just like last year's the only year that where DK Metcalf, you know, underperformed or had a high expected fantasy points that he didn't cash in on. Lockett's outperformed him three years. So I, I actually don't, if you're going to rank them and I'm going to do this the second we get off this podcast, I'm going to put them right next to <laughs> Are you other. flipping them? Oh man. They have to well, be right next to That's the thing though. This is the, uh, to tell you the truth, uh, one of the hardest parts of doing our rankings is, this sounds esoteric, aligning philosophically with like, 
how you think players should go versus how you like where you would take them versus how you think they'll do, which sounds stupid, but dude, you could, there are plenty of times where Tyler Lockett might be like the 70th pick in the draft. And so it's kind of, you can kind of just play coy and come back around and take him as like your eighth pick and get him later. So you're not actually going to take Tyler Lockett in 35th in the draft, are you? Cause you could wait 20 more picks and still get him. Yeah, I mean, if you're in a vacuum, yeah. you're right. But in terms of like how I want to rank them, how I want to let people know what I think about Tyler Lockett compared to DK Metcalf, they should be much closer than where I currently have them. Because looking into everything, he just outperforms them every year. And we <laughs> we don't seem to, to notice. Email us at ringerfantasyfootball at gmail.com if you have something else where one person, thing, whatever, outperforms another every year and we just never adjust our expectations. Uh, we, I, f- I feel like we do this with a couple players every season, Craig. It's like s- you're trying to skate to where the puck is going to be, yeah. so to speak, where, you know, DK, but DK Metcalf is not like 23. <laughs> like he's been around. It's not you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, I get that. But not that. <laughs> uh, the, the, reg- the positive regression when it, in the touchdown department in particular, I think, is what people are looking at and what are they're excited about. They're also just excited about the fact, like I said, he runs a 4 3, he's 230 pounds. And he's got an eight pack and he's just massive and, and fun and cool. And people want a piece of that. It's like, um, it, it, it reminds me a little bit like CD lamb, like CD lamb is cool and fun. It's and not exciting, hot though. but he, you know, it's just, he's just kind of just like a slot receiver. Like he's good for sure. But does he have the type of upside that some of these other guys around him have? I don't know. So yeah, I think DK Metcalf, I don't know. I'm, I'm still pretty excited about what he can do this year, but you're absolutely right. I think about Tyler Lockett being one of the massive, values in this draft right now i mean you talk about the the oh dk metcalf has the touchdown upside in the last three years dk's had 28 touchdowns blockett's had 27 in two less games (laughs) yeah i don't know i think they have the same touchdown upside (laughs) craig here's the deal if you look at everything dk metcalf has done over the first however many years he's been the nfl now four years he's like Mm -hmm. Top five and everything. He's just well, hold on. We need, important context here is that this is the most single most triggering topic in football for DK because his father doesn't think DK Metcalf is very good, <laughs> and there's no single issue that makes DK angrier than people saying yeah, DK Metcalf I've, is overrated. I've put together massive like dossiers about why DK Metcalf is good at football, and you know, and I your can, dad texts back, "Okay." With he's like, "All right, up. well then, tell him to stop drive. Stop, tell him to stop dropping it." You know, um, he's like, "I like what I like." <laughs> exactly. Uh, so yes, I, I actually had, I did this too with Heifetz at one point, just over text, like Heifetz told, he texted me one time. He's like, I kind of feel like DK Metcalf is overrated. And I was like, stop. I stopped everything I was doing. I, I spent because, like, like I'm a dating, half an I'm hour podcasting with my father, <laughs> spent like a half an hour compiling all these stats that point about how amazing DK Metcalf has been throughout his career. I have a, DK, sorry, quick side note. I have a friend who thinks Steven Spielberg is overrated. And every time he brings <laughs> it up, I just like freak just out and like, yeah, yeah, it just, it ruins my day. So I, I feel uh, like, dude, I, I found the, I found a unicorn in my, my friend's stepdad, shout out to Tom which is an older man in his 60s who said Michael Jordan was overrated, which I've honestly never encountered anyone under 40 (laughs) in the wild saying that out loud. And I was like, well, who's the greatest basketball player? He's like, Kareem. And I was like, wow, what a great, what a great take. Oh, wow. He didn't even go LeBron. Okay. Yeah, he's like, well, the Basketball Hall of Fame includes your whole career. Like, why why is Kareem going, losing two games at UCLA? Never talked about. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. While we're on Glansburgs, I have a guy, I think this is the most Glansburg guy of the year as in even for our show i don't think we've said his name while talking about him a <laughs> right. single time aaron jones 
running yeah. back for the Packers. I don't even yep. know the last time the three of us had a conversation about him. He's just Don Draper in the elevator. Like, I don't think about you at all. I love Aaron. He's like <laughs> the best player I haven't thought about. Yeah. And it's funny because since 2019, Aaron Jones among running backs in half PPR has finished second among running backs, fifth, 12th, ninth. And now he's like the 17th running back off the board. We have him uh, 16th among running backs. He's our 37th overall player. We're high on him. And still too low. <laughs> I kind of, I kind of keep coming back to that. I, at this point, we're almost like jumping the shark where all these older players were coming around. I'm like, now that I'm 28, Craig's 29, Aaron Jones is 28 going on 29 this season. We're like, ah, he's still got it. But he does though. Aaron Jones is actually still good. Like there hasn't been a decline. So he's getting DiCaprio. Aaron Rodgers obviously is gone. And then the main problem with Aaron Jones is that AJ Dillon, the other running back, the big bowling ball full of knives, as DK would say, is AJ Dillon kind of stole the goal line work last year. Like AJ Dillon had like, I think 10 goal line carries Aaron Jones had like two or something, but I keep looking at, I'm like, you know what? All that is factored in Aaron Rodgers leaving the goal line work being gone. Like that's why he's the 17th running back. What is not priced in is what if the Packers, I know I keep sounding crazy to say this, but what if the Packers offense with healthy Jordan love running Matt LaFleur's system is better than Aaron Rodgers running half his system, half LaFleur's system with a broken thumb in his throwing hand. Like the offense might get better. Yeah. And the other thing I keep coming back to is Aaron Jones is so much better than AJ Dillon, including actually in short yardage situations like AJ Dillon's bigger. Aaron Jones runs harder. And that sounds critical. I think pa I'm going to guess Packers fans listening right now are nodding. Aaron Jones is actually the better short yardage back. I don't think it's priced that the Packers see coaches watch this season. Like, dude, Aaron Jones getting the ball at the goal line this season, even his 50 50. And I keep looking and I'm like, maybe I'm crazy. Maybe it's stupid to bet on a running back that's turning 29 this year. But I'm like, the margin between Aaron Jones going in the second round, you can get him in the fourth. And I'm like, I don't know. Are we just like missing this thing, hiding in plain sight? We're just bored of him. We've just yeah. talked about him for years and we have nothing else to say, apparently, about Aaron Jones. It's like, <laughs> what else do you say? I mean, he's going to catch a lot of passes. He's explosive. He's highly efficient. He is basically, you know, he has been not anymore right now just because of what happened with uh, Alvin Kamara. But he's a discount version of Alvin Kamara, essentially. They, they have a similar style of play where... You know, they're not necessarily going to be a three down guy, workhorse type player, but he's going to catch a lot of passes, create explosive plays, make guys miss. And, you know, Heifetz, I think your point about the goal line stuff is valid because A.J. Dillon did dominate in that area last year. Um, but I don't think that is a big reason to really push him down just because he's going to be so involved in the passing game. Uh, he'll make up for his lack of, you know, goal line looks. On that note about the passing game, this is a, a situation that I, I don't know if there's quite the precedent ever in NFL history for the Packers offense, where none of their quarterbacks have started. They combined all the quarterbacks in the roster of the Packers have started one game. Like Jordan Love has one start. None of the backups have. I think it's probably the least experienced quarterback group ever outside of. I mean, obviously, it's a tied for second because they have one freaking start. You'd probably have to go back to like the replacement ga uh, games when the NFL was on strike in the 80s to find something like that. But on top of it, what's weird, we haven't talked about this enough. All the Packers receivers and tight ends that are like going to play are in their first or second season. Yeah. Like Christian Watson off his rookie year is like the oldest and most experienced receiver. Jaden Reed, the rookie's going to play. Luke Musgrave, the tight end's going to play. Romeo Dobbs, Samari Toure. Like these are all second year players. Aaron Jones is the most experienced receiver on the team. I know last year we yeah. talked a lot about, oh, maybe Aaron Jones will be the leading receiver. I'm not saying he's going to like be the, but 
he's the most like I keep wondering, like, is Aaron Jones going to be the third down option on this team with just no experienced players? So I'm not sure. Like, I, I, I keep looking. I'm like, I don't know. Aaron Jones, like the fact that you could, in theory, get like, you know, Cooper Cup, Amon, like Amon Ross St. Brown in the second or Tony Pollard, if you want. And then, you know, Mark Andrews in the third or Jalen Hurts, you come back around to Aaron Jones could be like your first running back or your second. That's kind of incredible. Aaron Jones is just one of those, like, you know, the phrase, like, you can't go broke, making a profit. It's like, you can't, you're not going to lose <laughs> yes. your league drafting Aaron yeah. Jones. You know what I mean? I love that. Uh, and the guy right in that range, another guy right in that range, who I think is a Glansburg. We have him running back 14, 35 overall. Travis Etienne for the Jaguars is another yeah. guy we just have not talked about at all in the same spot. He, he, to me, he's the type of guy who, another, another guy who's like, I just don't know what to say about him necessarily because his role is so uncertain. I think last year he definitely thrived because he got a ton of volume. Um, and he looked good. He was explosive. He created a lot of explosive plays. He's fast. You know, he can catch the football a little bit, but that's still, I think, a big question mark with his game. He's got and the so, Gator Chomp, the Florida, yeah, he, the he, boom. He tries to clap at the football when it's in the air, which is not great technique. Um, <laughs> and the team went out and drafted a guy in the third round, Tank Bigby, who's gotten a lot of, you know, good publicity so far in training camp. A lot of people are pretty excited about him. In the first preseason game, he came in and was doing some short yardage stuff. I presume he's going to be their goal line back, or at least he's going to get a good chunk of those goal line looks. And so ETN is one of these players who, even though he's exciting and we have him highly ranked and, and he's a good player, I think he's a very good player. You know, his role could really be limited to some of the least valuable touches in fantasy football in terms of just between the 20s, you know, carrying the football, not catching a lot of passes and not getting the goal line looks. And so I'm a little bit nervous about him. And he's another type of guy who I just I haven't really been targeting him in drafts. And I don't really know what to say about him because I think his role is so uncertain right now. I, I, I totally agree with you, DK. I'm like kind of falling out of love with Travis Etienne. And there's two things going on here. <laughs> One, the name. If Aaron Jones and Travis Etienne switched names, they'd be way better. Like Aaron Jones is the player we kind of wanted Travis Etienne to be, but mm. Aaron Jones is a boring name and Travis Etienne's a sick name. If we called him Travis Steven, which is what Etienne means in French, he wouldn't sound that cool. Number one. <laughs> and two. Wow. French lesson. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, yeah. The flex speaks French fluently, which is a flex. But the Jags, I, I agree, DK. A guy we have not talked at all about is Tank Bigsby. I yeah. kind of think there's a take per Jimmy that tank Bigsby might just be better than ETN straight up in fantasy this year. I don't know if I actually believe that, but yeah, I, my, my only fear with ETN is like the Jaguars offense could be so good. And he was so good in fantasy football down the stretch, but honestly it was volume to tell you the truth. Like if you kind of yeah. just look at Travis ETN down the stretch, he just got a lot of work because the other guys on the team were just gone or traded or whatever. So he was getting like 22 carries 19, but the reality is the things ETN isn't elite at are receiving where he doesn't have great hands or feel. And the short yardage work, like that, the nitty gritty, like between the, I don't think he's great at that. Dude, Tank Bigsby's good it's at those two game. things. They got him very purposefully. Doug Peterson is very much like this is like they're trying to win a Super Bowl for the Jaguars. I kind of just think it, you're exactly right. And that Bigsby vacuums up this stuff. And I kind of look at Travis Etienne less with that group of like Aaron Jones and Jameer Gibbs and all these sexy running backs in the, you know, in like the top 40, like Brees Hall. I kind of look at Aaron, uh, Tra Travis Etienne closer to, J.K. Dobbins and Miles Sanders exactly. and yep. like, Walker, uh, these guys where yeah. it's just the, he's the sexiest version of a lot of volume, but I don't know if the he's basically leading a committee. 
Yeah, they're they're kind of the more like one trick ponies. They're like the two down guys, the two and a half down guys, where it's like Kenneth mm-hmm. Walker has the talent, but he might not be playing on third downs. J.K. Dobbins might not be playing on third down. Is Miles Sanders going to be playing on all three downs? They all have the talent to kind of put up the same numbers as the running backs in the top ten, but the role is just too limited for me to feel confident. That's why I I don't love. I'm kind of back in on this idea of the running back dead zone because the more I really like hone in on the Travis Etienne, Ken Walker, Damian. Pierce, J.K. Dobbins, Miles Sanders. I'm like, are any of these guys going to have a role that can actually make them a league winner? And I don't know if they do. Dude, I've been down on Ken Walker. I like even Ken Walker more than ETN at this point because you know what it's like? I think we were kind of sole division of ETN being a really great like receiver explosive yeah. player. Um, in the passing game. And you know, it's like, I I have to imagine it's what women feel like when a guy says they're six feet tall and hinge and they show up and they're immediately like, (laughs) no, he's not. I'm, I'm, I'm five 11 in these heels and I'm looking at, you know what I mean? Like, that's how I feel with ETN, but we don't quite know that he's not six feet tall yet. You, uh, when you said that tank Bisbee, there's a chance he outscores ETN. I reeled at that. My, my, that was my initial reaction was just like, come on. But then I think about what happened last year with Deandre Swift and Jamal Williams and, just yeah. the touchdowns, like the touchdowns matter in fantasy, obviously, but touchdowns matter for scoring fantasy points. And if he is their closer and if this offense is as good as we think it is and as good as it, we think it can be, they take a big jump. You know, they're going to be scoring a lot of touchdowns. Uh, and I'm a big believer in, you know, Trevor Lawrence and in, in this offense and Doug Peterson in general as a play caller and coach. And so, you know, maybe put put a couple bucks on uh on Tank Bigsby to lead the NFL in rushing yeah, touchdowns have, that's like your long shot we've right Bigsby there. 100 we've Bigsby 144th he's our 54th running back he's basically free honestly I think we should move him up like way up because I I, I kind of the more and more I think about it as we get real close to the season and I know some people have drafts a lot of people are drafting up I think Bigsby is like the epitome of a player that I just want on all my teams and I'll reach around if I want because I think that as we get closer that's the guy that I don't think there needs to be an injury for him to actually be put in your starting lineup, maybe by like October where you're like, Oh, I can play this guy and it's fine. If you ever hear a coach say that a player's role is going to be kind of a between the twenties guy run for the Hills. There's no worse <laughs> phrase in fantasy football. If you hear that you're running back, it's going to be a between the twenties guy. Get out 12 carries for 80 yards. Yep. No catches, no goal line attempts. It's the, it's the wire. <laughs> it's the 40 degree day, completely and utterly unremarkable. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusion supply. This episode is brought to you by NetSuite by Oracle. As your business grows, you might start seeing some lag. There's too much work for your team, too many different processes, and it takes forever to close the books. If this sounds like you, you should know these three numbers, 37,000, 25, and one. 37,000 is the number of businesses that have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. It's a cloud financial system that can help streamline accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, and more. 25, 
That's how many years NetSuite has been helping businesses do more with less. And one, because your one-of-a-kind business deserves a customized solution for your KPIs. It's like when you come here for this podcast or when you check out your favorite website to gather all the info you need to make better decisions for your fantasy leagues. Well, NetSuite does that for your business and then some. It's one efficient system, one source of truth with everything you need to grow. Right now, download NetSuite's popular KPI checklist designed to give you consistently excellent performance absolutely free at netsuite.com slash ringer. That is netsuite.com slash ringer. This episode is brought to you by hotels.com. If you're busy like me and you're trying to catch your kids' games, it's important to have somewhere where you can go to find a good hotel. We're all over the place. Sometimes, you know, we're in Florida, we'll be in New York. You want to take the wife on a quick vacation and get away. Whether you're looking for a relaxing getaway or heading out of town to see the playoffs, Hotels.com app has a perfect hotel for every trip. Compare up to five hotels side by side so you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings without having to switch back and forth between options. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. Craig, give us our next uh, Glansburg, someone we're just not talking about whatsoever. Yeah, Jalen Waddle, the wide receiver on the Dolphins, is somebody who I don't think we've brought up one time and is probably the most exciting player that we haven't discussed this season. I mean, Jalen Waddle is like truly yeah. electric and maybe he just gets outshadowed, overshadowed by Tyreek Hill. But Jalen Waddle quietly had like a fantastic season last year. His first year in the league was weird because they treated him like Keenan Allen and they just like threw him eight yard out routes and he had over a hundred catches for barely a thousand yards. I actually think there's a chance he was under a thousand yards. But last year, Jalen Waddle had 29 less catches than the year before and 341 more yards. That's Mike <laughs> McDaniel, everybody. Uh, mm-hmm. Jalen Waddle went from nine yards per catch to 18 yards per catch. He literally doubled his yards <laughs> per catch with Mike McDaniel. Uh, and he was the 12th best wide receiver last year. And that entire offense is, is really boils down to just Tyree kill and Jalen Waddle. It's like mm-hmm. the Italians from kicking and screaming. Like the entire offense <laughs> is just past the Italians, which is, which is Waddle and Hill. And yeah. it's good. At, there's a chance it's even, more concentrated this year because their tight end Mike Kosicki is gone. He's in New England, and the there's their the, the wide receiver other than Waddle and Tyreek who had the most yards is Trent Sherfield, who he, and he's gone. So I wanted to do if you're a new listener of the show during the season, uh, we do two truths and a lie. It's it's, it's been uh, during the NFL draft show, which is what we do with draft coverage. We do two truths and a lie. Um, so I wanted to do two truths and a lie for Dolphins wide receivers with you two. Because oh it's God. bleak out yeah. there after Waddle and Hill. So I'm going to give you three guys. One's one's fake. The other two are real. Ready? Yeah. Let's do it. Keon Sale, River Craycraft, <laughs> Robbie Chosen. Uh, what? It, it, the first one. Two of the those are real. I think that's the surprising part of all of this. Robbie Chosen is Robbie Anderson, and he changed his name. Isn't it Chosen Anderson? Uh, not according to the ESPN Miami Dolphins depth chart. <laughs> okay. River Craycraft is a real person because I remember thinking he sounded like a lead guitarist for, for an 80s band. Okay, congratulations. It's a, You're right. Uh, those two, Robbie Chosen or Chosen Anderson. But they are basically as relevant to the Dolphins as all the other players in the kicking and screaming team. River Craycraft, they have Braxton Berrios. <laughs> they have, I mean, Chris Coleman, it's Kiki Kuti. There's nothing out there. It is a desolate wasteland. Can you guys name the Dolphins tight end? I was going to ask the same know, question. I don't oh, think Dur- I know oh, who their tight ends are. Durham Smythe. I can do this only because I also have done the exercise of who are these people. You know what it's like? Durham the Smythe. people who work, it really is the past of the Italians. 
it's it's the Dolphins pass catchers who are not. And I just wrote the I ranked the pass catchers for every team, which is how I know this. But the Dolphins players who are not Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, you know, how all the tech companies put their taxes in Dublin so that they can headquarter there and pay like lower taxes. And they have to have like an office there and they have like eight employees who don't do anything and they have to pretend it's their global headquarters. <laughs> just That's honestly up. all these Dolphins receivers showing up. Like, yeah, I, I like work for the Miami Dolphins and they're like, really? River? You're on the, they couldn't even get into a bar in Miami. They're like River Craycraft, you're on the Dolphins. Okay. Clearly a fake. Durham Smythe, you're the starting tight end for the Dolphins. Cool, Durham. Yeah, sure you are, bud. Sure you are. How many <laughs> catches did you have last year? Eight? Sure. This is sure so thing, along these lines, Craig, this is why I'm excited about one of their running backs. I just want to draft all their running backs at some point in a draft because I think one of their running backs is probably going to be third on the team in targets and catches. And Dude, most Jeff likely, Wilson! Jeff Wilson, Raheem the coaches Mostert. love Jeff Wilson. The rookie, uh, Devon A. Chain. I like all these guys I'm excited about, you know, seeing in this offense. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I think they're probably going to be ranked third on the team in targets, most likely based on, uh, you know, just the way this offense is going to run. And by the way, with Waddle and Tyree Kill kind of spreading the field and getting vertical, that could, you know, create some cushion underneath for these guys to get in space. So, uh, and they all have speed. They all have a ton of speed. So, I don't know. I'm just kind of excited <laughs> about drafting, you know, mixed in each one of these running backs to some drafts late in the They're late a the Madden draft. team, and, and they play like a Madden team. You just draft all the fastest guys in the league, and then you either throw <laughs> it deep or check down to your running back. That's it. Dude. They're my they're Miami as hell too because they, yeah. they have they're all speed they're all cigarette boats and then left ta- their only good lineman Teron Armstead is you know he's their left tackle very injury prone went down today we don't know exactly what happened he did have some kind of surgical repair of his knee this season it's like Thursday afternoon we don't know what actually happened to Teron Armstead but I I look at them in the Jets for the AFC similarly of like dude these paper thin O lines they're already going I keep thinking about for all the AFC East talk it's like the AFC West last year I'm like it's just gonna be the Bills and I, that's my only concern but to your point. It doesn't matter because they can get the Tyreek and waddle the ball wherever. And it's it's so funny to me that we're like Mike McDaniel, offensive genius. And meanwhile, in Mike McDaniel's head, he's like, so I have two of the four fastest players in the league. What if I just gave it to them all the time? <laughs> I want I want them to really lean into their that. like Miami vibe. I, I wish Mike McDaniel dressed like Sonny Crockett from Miami Vice. It'd be sick if he was, he out was there wearing, in a white suit Craig, every day. Oh my God. He was wearing some sick yellow sunglasses. Like, you know, like the I don't even know what they're called. Blue blockers or whatever. Uh, in the first preseason game, like big old, huge yellow sunglasses. They were pretty dope. Toss on a white suit, like a teal dress shirt, some Esper drills, like really <laughs> yeah. lean into it. Yeah, I, we can all agree on this. I think the single best uniform thing any pro team has done in probably in my lifetime is the Miami Heat doing them like leaning yeah. all the way into the Miami Vice colors. Yep. It's incredible. Yeah. The pink, and the, the like teal. The yeah. It's awesome. It's unreal. The court that it fantastic. But yeah, the Dolphins just built their team that way. Okay, while we're on guys that we're not talking about, this is the opposite because this is neither a sexy player nor someone we talk about. At least Waddle's like really cool. <laughs> this man is the king of the Steven Glansberg group every year. Every He's year. The I think this is, I'm pretty sure we invented the Steven Glansberg thing for this person, the right. bit, which is Brandon Cooks, who, yep. if you don't know, I'm going to say it last, but I'm going to let people, if you don't know, guess what team he's on. He's the wide receiver 37. Uh, on our rankings, he's the 86th player overall. Brandon Cooks is a Dallas Cowboy now, which I think is extra hilarious because they're the biggest team in America. And I don't know how many people listening know that Brandon Cooks is on the Cowboys. <laughs> I, I it, it, Again, when was the last time you guys thought about Brandon Cooks? Do you even remember? No. <laughs> no. So, <laughs> Absolutely honestly, not. no. Yeah. 
Again, we're, last year, we'd throw it out. Davis Mills was the quarterback. The Texans were tanking for a top pick at a quarterback. Brandon Cooks was like, trade me to a contender. They didn't. He quit. He was mad. So, oh, yeah. like, he didn't. Honestly, he was fine till then. And then I'm also going to throw out 2019 because he had a really bad concussion. Um, mm. Had like a third of the way through the season, and he just played through it and, you know, was very obviously off. Take out those two years. Here's how Brandon Cooks has finished in fantasy football among wide receivers in total points every season of his career outside of those two. 2015, 14th among all wide receivers. 14th. Solid. 9th, 12th, 13th, 15th, 16th. Literally every single season of his career, he was between 9th and 16th. This year, he's 37th. We, we have him 37th. Here's my, this is what I'm going to start telling people. If anybody says, hey, who should I draft? I'm going to say Tyler Lockett and Brandon Cooks and then and then move on. They're kind of and the same player. Home. Yeah. Fading yep. hype. Fate, like, you know what we should do? Maybe there's something to be said about either SEO and we just invert the chart and the players who aren't being Googled, we just draft those, those guys. guys. Yeah. And then also the guy, like even Patrick Mahomes, how much has we said about Patrick Mahomes? Like right. we probably just take him. If you make a list of... Guys that are getting hype in the preseason, that to me, if I, I've done this before in the past, I don't have it off the top of my head, but like if you look back on that list, it's a just absolute graveyard of guys who it's busted. all empty clickbait. Yeah, it's a bunch of bad players. <laughs> Do you think this is how Warren Buffett figured out stocks? He's like, you know what? No one right. talks about Coca Cola. Like, yeah, right, he's like exactly. Wrigley Bubblegum. Money in that. Yeah. Brandon Cooks Geico. has a moat. He's also he's also playing with a good quarterback again. You know what I mean? Like this is an important part of it because he had been playing on some some. You know, obviously last year with the Texans, like that offense was a complete uh, cluster. And so yeah, he's he's with a good quarterback. He's probably going to feed him. He's going to play a very prominent role on this offense. You know, I I really don't know why we've got him so low. I guess it's just because he's old and we forgot about him. People are afraid of Michael Gallup, and I think that's um, wrong for two reasons. One they functionally are different players. Michael Gallup is, I think more of a technically refined receiver and he's, he was a different player, frankly, I think like four years ago, like 2019 when Michael mm -hmm. Gallup was healthy, I'll be the first one to tell you, I thought Michael Gallup was the most underrated player in the league. Michael Gallup yeah. was incredible. He really has not been healthy for like three years in a row, but it's one of those where there's so many buildup. I kind of, sadly don't really know if Michael Gallup will ever be that guy again. Brandon Cooks is the speed element that this team just has not had for like way too long. Brandon Cooks is going to be the same thing he was with the Rams and the Patriots, like this deep guy that also can do other things. But I, I just, they're going to have all three of them on the field at the same time. And if someone comes up, comes off the field, I don't think it's Michael. I don't think it's Brandon Cooks. I think Gallup's going to come off the field before Cooks does. So yeah. again, we're basically saying Brandon Cooks will have his worst season ever of his career that he was healthy. But even that would be like just 20th. Like we're saying 37th <laughs> is saying right. the season's a freaking disaster. There's essentially zero upside built into this, whatever. And I get that because it's youth and the guys going around them are like cooler. And like Zay flowers from the Ravens is way more fun to talk about and like draft. And they probably have higher ceilings. But if you still want like an actual contributor that will be bankable when you play him, like Brandon cooks is, best quarterback he's had in three years. The other thing to add to this is I think a lot of people are afraid that the Cowboys are going to be go back to the stone age in terms of the way that they play offense, you know, run heavy, just not wanting to pass the football, not wanting to push it vertical to protect the football, all that stuff because of Mike McCarthy getting rid of Kellen Moore this off season. But when you're looking at what they did last year, they weren't that pass heavy. You know, they ranked 19th in pass attempts per game. I think there's room 
for uncertainty about what exactly Mike McCarthy is going to bring. And I think we're depressing some of these Cowboys players because the assumption is that they're going to pass less. But I think they could pass more this year than they did last year. It, it could end up just sort of happening that way. They ha- they may have to do that. You know what I mean? And so I think there's this big assumption that we just want to stay away from the Cowboys passing game because of Mike McCarthy. But that maybe doesn't make sense. All right, Craig, give us another guy that we're not talking about. Yeah, Damian Pierce. We mentioned him earlier. Running back, second-year mm. guy on the Texans. And there was a stretch last year where Damian Pierce was probably the most valuable player off the waiver wire or that you drafted in the last three rounds. Uh, From weeks two to nine, he was on fire. He became the starter in week two. And up until week nine, he was fourth in rushing yards in the entire league. And that's despite uh, facing some of the seventh most seven plus man fronts in the league. So they're basically stacking the box because the Texans Mm -hmm. sucked and couldn't throw. And despite that, he was still fourth in the league in rushing. He was bottom 10 in yards before contact per rush, which essentially means every time he got the ball, people were ready to hit him. And despite that, he was top 10 in yards after contact. I mean, the guy is just straight up awesome. I was going back and watching some of his highlights from from his rookie year. And he's just, he looks like one of the best running backs in the league. He's a little bowling ball. He's bouncing off everybody. He's got great balance. He was fantastic. I had him in a league and it, there was no better player to have. Um, and then he fell off a little bit. They played a couple of really good defenses. They got behind really early. He had some really low scoring games and then he had an ankle injury and he missed the, the last four ish games of the season. And now everything's new in, in Houston. They have a new coach, D'Amico Ryans. They have a new OC, Bobby Slowick from San Francisco. They signed Devin Singletary, which is a little bit of a worry. Um, The biggest knock on Pierce is that he was a terrible pass blocker, which is just the bane of fantasy's existence. Every time you have a (laughs) running back you like, it always turns out they suck at pass blocking and he's not going to play on third downs despite being a decent receiver. So I think the reason why we're not talking about Pierce a lot is just because we know he's a good runner. But once again, like like Travis Etienne, is he only going to play on first and second down and Devin Singletary because he's a, a competent pass blocker? Is he going to be the guy protecting CJ Stroud on third down and taking up a lot of those lucrative, you know, third and longs and passing down opportunities? So I like Damian Pierce, but he's in the dead zone for me. Tiki, you love Damian Pierce coming out of the draft. Yeah, he was one of my favorite players for all the reasons that Craig talked about. He's just a absolutely tenacious runner who will not go down at first contact. Very... Uh, it, it almost brings back images of Marshawn Lynch. I'm not saying he's beast mode, but like that's the style of runner he is where he's just, you can't bring him down with first contact. It takes multiple guys to tackle him. He's just really fun to watch. And he, by the way, he's actually, I think he's better in the passing game than he's been given credit for. He at least that's has the thing. He's good at receiving. He's good. just not a good blocker. Yeah. Um, I think the Devin Singletary signing is more of just like an insurance for Damian Pierce's health. And Craig, can you name any of the other running backs on this team? They have Dare Gumbawale, right? Yeah, and he he's probably going to be their third down guy. And so to me, the door is open for Pierce to like beat uh, Ogumbawale out for that job. Um, you know, I, I don't think Singletary is really a pass catching back. He's not really been that in his career. Um, and I don't think, based on what, the way that they use these guys in the first preseason game, it, it seemed more like Devin Singletary was spelling on early downs and they were using Ogumbawale as like the third down guy. And so... I don't know. To me, there's not a lot of resistance for him getting a bigger role than we're expecting. He could really go off in terms of what he's going to do in the passing game this year. Um, you know, the the Bobby Slowick factor where he's coming from a, a team from in San Francisco that has one of the most exciting and, and difficult to defend run games in the NFL. Like maybe that, that'll even open up things for him more. And also, by the way, they have a rookie quarterback who they're probably going to want to lean on that run game. So, you know, he could see his volume increase, too. A lot comes down to like whether they can 
extend drives and keep drives going. I'm a little bit worried about their overall offense. But this is also a team, by the way, that has invested a lot in their offensive line. They traded for Shaq yeah. Mason. They have Laramie Tunsil at left tackle. Um, Kenyon Green for, at left guard, who was a first-round pick last year. Titus Howard, who was a first-round pick a couple years ago. They've got some guys on this offensive line. So this is a team who maybe could get better. Titus Howard's out four to six weeks because he just broke his hand. Now, oh, uh, you know how many okay. games is he really going to miss at that point? But mm. my, the thing with the Texans, I wish I had it in front of me, but J.J. Zacharyson, who does great stuff, um, he's a website called, I think, labordown.com, which is really good. And I forget the exact stat, but basically his point was running backs on teams with rookie quarterbacks very rarely overperform significantly where they're drafted from. Like they don't break out in the sense of like, oh, top 10 season. And that just kind of matches the eye test of every time a team's going into a game with an offensive court, uh, sorry, an offensive coordinator is going to a game with their rookie quarterback. They're like, all right, how do we freaking protect this guy's ass? And the defensive coordinators all know that there's only so much items on the menu that the offense is going to serve because the quarterback's a rookie. And so it, it's hard to, I, I, I th- that's my issue is the rookiness because otherwise Danny yeah. Pierce is sick. And again, great name because if John Wick, ever stopped. Like if Keanu Reeves that wanted to stop doing John Wick and they needed a spinoff, Damien Pierce could totally just be like an assassin movie <laughs> franchise. Great name, yeah. great player, fun to watch, good line. But like the rookie quarterback on a team with like Dalton Schultz is their best pass catcher. That freaks me out. Well said. All right. While, uh, <laughs> while we're here, other DK, give us another guy. No one's talking about. I don't know why we're not talking about this guy because he was uh, a player that I talked about every year for about three years before he got traded to the Cardinals. And that's Marquise Brown. Uh, who is our receiver 29, the 64th overall player. Um, if you go back to last year, he got traded at the draft. I think during the draft last year, um, went to a team with his old college QB and Kyler Murray. And through uh, the first six weeks of the season, he was the wide receiver six in half PPR. He was crazy. absolutely going Wild. crazy. Uh, 14.6 points per game. Uh, he broke his foot and it was it sidelined him for the next five games, which... I think that is the main worry when it comes to Marquise Brown. It's just like he's tiny and he is going to get hurt. That's that's definitely a valid. Does that matter with the foot? Does, like, I don't know. I, a serious question. Like being small, like does size. that matter with your foot break? I think anytime you have a foot injury, uh, that is worrisome for a guy who's very like known for his speed and explosive. I see what you're saying, though. You're saying it's, it's it's not as big a deal because he's small. Like if it's if it's a if it's a DK Metcalf foot injury, you're, right. you're a bit more scared. Checks out. Yeah. Well, I, well, or maybe it's just a bigger target. It's kind of like Justin Herbert, where like rib injury that won't happen again. I'm like, but but there's so many ribs with right. Justin Herbert. He has more he ribs. get some of them removed. He has so yes. more ribs than the average person because he's tall. Um, <laughs> New so, dream: get Herbert on this pod and ask him if he would ever get a rib removed, Marilyn Manson style. Um, anyway, go back to Marquise Brown though. So he missed five games with a broken foot, and then he came back, and then Kyler Murray tore his ACL after one more game, and then from there, Marquise Brown's season basically fell apart. Um, and he finished as the wide receiver 32. Very like nondescript guy. Obviously not a lot of hype. We haven't talked about him a lot for, I think, legitimate reasons. And now we don't know who the quarterback is going to be in Arizona. But I think at that spot in the draft, you can get legitimately like a potential top five, top 10 receiver um, once Kyler Murray gets back. And he's obviously contingent upon when Kyler Murray gets back. But I'm kind of just going into the season a little more bullish on on him returning earlier than people are kind of expecting. Some people think he's not going to come back at all. Um, I think at the beginning he'll of the come season... Back. Why do you think he'll come back? What does early mean? When do you well, think he's going to come I think there's a, a there is an assumption, a widespread assumption, I think, 
that he's going to miss at least half and maybe the whole year. So people are just like talk, not talking about Kyler Murray as even a variable for the for the Cardinals, in part because they're viewed as a team that is tanking, which you know they kind of are, but they still have a top tier quarterback um, in Kyler Murray. And so I think if Kyler Murray comes back again, this is his old college teammate, trust him. What we've seen with them both on the field at the same time last year uh, was electric. And by the way, DeAndre Hopkins is now gone. Marquise Brown is the clear-cut number one on this offense. And you know what I mean? Like, he's going to be a focal point of the passing game once Kyler comes back. And so this is a bet that Kyler comes back early. And I think I did the math. I believe Kyler, by week one, will be 10 months removed from his ACL tear. And so that puts him pretty close to getting back on the field, I feel like. I think it. I think week one will be eight months and twenty nine days. Not that I have it exact, but I do eight months and twenty nine <laughs> days so from surgery. Months. Yeah, and it's about nine months is mm-hmm. about the return window. Something to note on November tenth, twenty twenty three, Call of Duty Modern Warfare three comes out. <laughs> uh, it's kind of a highly anticipated release. <laughs> That's a small window for value between Kyler's return and November. Okay, 10th. I take everything I said back. Yeah, <laughs> I'm out. Craig, for people that don't understand that joke, can you please explain it? People should understand that joke. People know what's going on with Kyler Murray. Uh, he's basically addicted to video games, and his his, his uh, the front office wanted him to practice more and watch more tape. So they literally stipulated in his contract that he needs to uh, watch tape and prepare for his job as a professional quarterback instead of play video games. <laughs> And people like uh, random people from like across the world would be like, I think I'm, I think I'm playing Call of Duty right now with Kyler Murray. Like, I think this is his actual gamer tag. And it was. Oh, boy. Not great. All right. I think that's a really good one. DK Marquise Brown. We have him 64th wide receiver 29. That's pretty. Uh, you're right. Like, that's pretty good. Man, if he- the Arizona passing crew. They have Marquise Brown. They have Rondell Moore, who's like 5'2". They have Greg Dorch. <laughs> he was also and then five after two. that. Can you name who else they have after Rondo? They're five seven, Dorch? but they actually are five seven. They have well, that they have rookie like Michael Andre Wilson, ba- who I like, but that Andre Bacellia, the opera singer, a lot. not really. Yep, they have Andre Bacelli. They have Zach Pascal. Remember him from the Colts? Zach Michael Pascal Wilson quotes <laughs> definition <laughs> yeah. of a jack. Definitely called real Zach person Pascal. Zach Pascal. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely <laughs> my not girlfriend made in up Canada. Industry plant Zach Pascal. All right, my last guy here, uh, redacted. Tight end for redacted because mm. I'm going to play a game. Oh, player A, player B. Tight ends. Is player both tight a, ends? Tight, they're both tight ends. That's your hint. Okay. Player A had averaged four catches for 46 yards per game last year. Player B averaged four catches for 51 yards per game last year. Essentially the same shit, right? Not mm-hmm. that big of a difference. Four catches, 46 versus 51 yards a game. And also their expected fantasy points per game, almost essentially the same. They both expect to have around... 10 expected points per game. So before you even guess, the larger point here is there's essentially the same player. And the only thing that's going to matter is how many touchdowns they score, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Do you want to guess who these players are? I think player B. I think is... one of them is Tyler Higby. Ooh, that's good. I think one of them is, is George Kittle. DK is right. Uh, hmm. Player A. So again, they're the same thing. Four catches, 46 yards a game. Player A is uh, Pat Fryermuth. Player B is George Kittle. Ooh. And I say that. Because George Kittle had 11 touchdowns last year and Pat Fryermuth had two. And what that translates to is George Kittle caught a touchdown every eight times he was throwing the ball. Like one out of eight times they threw the ball to Kittle, he caught a touchdown. Pat Fryermuth got a touchdown one out of every 50 times he got thrown the ball. And generally speaking, (laughs) that's not how it works either way. George Kittle in his career before that caught the touchdown like one out of every 21 times he was throwing the ball, which is very normal. And so what's funny is they're 
same player, not same player, but four catches, 50 yards a game. They're basically the same shit. And, but George Kittle is a touchdown dependent guy. And like last year, he just like ran pure, as they would say. It's like, if you're playing poker or blackjack, whatever, you're getting all the perfect cards at the right time. And George Kittle just dropped all these touchdowns right in playoff time. And we're like drunk off of it. And the reality is, yes, there's a small chance Brock Purdy targets Kittle, but the reality is George Kittle is just basically the rich man's Pat Fryermuth. Shout out to Rich Rebar at Sharp Football for pointing this out to me. But the Pat Fryermuth, we have George Kittle ranked 45th, sorry, an average draft position. George Kittle's 45th overall. Pat Fryermuth's 85th. It's a 40 spot difference. We have George Kittle at fantasyfootball.300.com, 65th. Pat Fryermuth, 96. Better, but still a 30 spot gap. Yeah. And I look at Pat Fryermuth and I'm like, we keep talking about the Steelers offense getting better, taking the bumpers off the bowling lane for Kenny Pickett, letting him actually do stuff. And we talk about that through the lens of George Pickens, Deontay Johnson. Pat Fryermuth is still going to get the, the goal line stuff. He had seven touchdowns as a rookie tight end. Generally speaking, if you do that, you do tend to remain relevant. And he was still the guy just honestly bad luck. It's a small sample, but I yeah. would so much rather bet on Pat Fryermuth and George Kittle meeting in the middle this season of between somewhere between 11 and two, and they each get six touchdowns, but Pat Fryermuth, I can get 40 spots later. So that's the guy we never talk about. Pat Fryermuth He's super boring, but tough I, name. to me is like it, tough name. But I, I look at Pat Fryermuth as like, you know, your ninth, 10th round pick. And it's like, that's the exact kind of guy you can take him. You don't have to do pray that you can find a tight end. You can still pay up and get a guy who's going to be there every week. But he's just discount George Kittle, man. Quietly, 98 targets last year, which was fifth tied for More fifth. than George Kittle. More than yeah. George Kittle. Yeah, I mean, he was second on the team in catches. It wasn't George Pickens. It was it was uh, Patty Fries. Wow. You know what, though? I, I got a bone to pick with everybody hype, gassing up the Steelers. Everyone's <laughs> like, Deontay Johnson. Oh, he, six in the league in targets, but zero touchdowns. Like, that's going to bounce back. Like, great value. George Pickens, all-time talent. Like, He's going to have a huge year. We love George Pickens this year. And then it's like, Patty Fry is the most underrated tight end in the league. Like, he's going to have a big year. I'm like, who's thrown to this guy then? Is it, can anybody say they actually believe in Kenny Pickett then? Because if all these guys are going to have the years everybody expects, Kenny Pickett's got to be pretty damn solid. And you believe in him? That's no, what he doesn't. everybody secretly thinks. No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. And <laughs> yes, honestly, I'm going to tell you right now. No, no. You're, you're like the guy who's reading the texts from a girl. And you're like, oh, she like wants to... Like, uh, there's like some romantic, you're like, no, that's not what she thinks. You're totally wrong. No one <laughs> thinks Kenny Pickett's good. I kind of Everyone good. is like, oh, I like the Steelers offense this year. They're going to regress in a positive way. Great talent. I, I, I could see a lot of touchdowns out of this offense. They didn't score many last year. I'm like, well, so, someone's got to be throwing the football. So you, you must believe in Kenny Pickett a little bit. Craig, guess how many touchdowns total the Steelers had last year? Like 21. 29 which was tied for second fewest. Same as the Texans, same as the Broncos. Yeah, and, they, and it was all by running the ball. I mean, I think they had like over 50% of their touchdowns are running the ball, which is like an archaic stat that they had <laughs> in 2022, which is why everybody... I mean, Kenny Pickett threw seven touchdowns last year. That's so tough. To oh. me, frankly, it's not the only context that matters, but kind of. The Kenny Pickett... Like his first six games in the NFL, like Mike Tomlin throws a rookie quarterback into the Threw fire. him into the ocean with sharks. <laughs> Step on my and head Kenny when Pickett's I'm drowning. First six games were against the Jets defense, the Bills defense, the Bucks defense, the Dolphins, Eagles, Saints, Bengals. Those yeah. are. Th- think I mean, about that's that basically stretch. six that's of the best ten games defenses. right there. 
So brutal. And in that time, he threw two touchdowns. So again, <laughs> I, Kenny Pickett will be better, but better than a, a horrific quarterback. So he'll be, I think his ceiling is like mildly above average. He could be Kirk Cousins. 13th. He could be Kirk Cousins. And I would love it if he was Kirk, Kirk Cousins. Cousins. The, uh, the Vikings scored 50 touchdowns last year, Craig. There we so go. There you go. We'll, we'll just maybe, double maybe we'll our see number. <laughs> All right. Those are the Glansbergs. Let's do some emails. Emails. Some very emails. important, very important things to get to. Last episode we did wedding crashes. If you guys weren't listening, we had wedding crashes. We did, you know, the season as told by wedding crashes. And John emails and John. John. Johnny. I, like most older millennials, was absolutely shocked when Heifetz didn't know who Rod Stewart was. <laughs> and I was yelling at my car radio like a ghost, because if you're listening to a podcast, it's basically like a ghost when you yell. And I was yelling out. Rod Stewart sings the song at the end of Wedding Crashers. Oh. So needless to say, I have never felt more seen than when you guys ended up doing Wedding what Crashers. Song? I what song? I, don't, I can't even picture the song now, even though we just watched this movie. Well, on that note, he continues. Also, we were talking about Otis Day and the Knights. That was a fake band created for Animal House that became a real band because they were yep. really good. Didn't know yes. that. Someone pointed That's that out incredible. on Twitter as well. Yeah. That could only happen in the 70s. You know what I mean? There's Isn't that no insane? I guess that's the origin of Shout. When, when did Animal God, House 1978. Come on? 78. Yeah. Wow. Isn't that insane that like a Shout came from a fictional band that they were like, this band's <laughs> really good. No, 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 no. Hold on. I think the song was r real. <laughs> yes. Oh, the shit. The song well, was by I'm the Eiley Brothers showing, or whatever. Well, now I look stupid yeah. again. Was it? Well, now, this, no, I, it's not dumb. It's a real question. Was it famous before and the band covered it? Or did the, the song shout is from like the 50s or something, I think. The Eiley brothers are, are old, old. But was shout a famous song before the movie? I, I don't feel dumb asking this question. I feel like that's a very real question. It was 20 years before I was born, was the movie. I don't know if it was famous in the 60s. I have no idea. Uh, the shout by the Eiley brothers was a popular song written and recorded in 1959. And yes, it was but the part that's played at weddings. Who's playing the one at the version of the wedding version that everyone dances to? Is that the original? I think, yes, it is. It's Isley Brothers, I believe, is the one that people play at weddings. Like that is the I will put on the Isley Brother version when I want to hear shout on Spotify. OK, we just got we got confused because we I, I wasn't able to listen to the song at the time. I was like, I don't know who did it first. But then I also just didn't know that Otis Day and the Nights was a fake band. It's like the monkeys. You guys remember the monkeys? That was yeah. way before your time. Didn't I know they, did, the didn't they become the Shrek song guys, the Smash Mouth or something? They covered mm. it. Did Smash Mouth cover the monkeys in the Shrek soundtrack? I don't know. The monkeys were sort idiot. of like a fake version of the Beatles. They had a they had a TV show when I was growing up. It took me a long time to realize that the Beatles was spelled B E A T. <laughs> yeah. And if a, and if I just blew someone's mind, if I just blew anyone's mind listening, email it's us. It's a pun. Yeah. It, it's it's a pun. It's kind of it lame. From, it goes from a good name of one of the like all-time bands to like the worst pun you've ever seen in your life. Yeah, like you think about it for 3 <laughs> seconds and you're like that's actually pretty stupid. Yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> Do you guys not remember the show last year where Craig said, "Yeah, the Beatles, the beat and I actually didn't know that, and I found out on air. Yeah, I do. Oh, remember that. that's right. Maybe that's why I was thinking that. Just remember when you're taking advice from me. Just keep that in mind. But I also I googled. I'm right. The monkeys. They, the I'm a believer is a monkeys song, and then it was covered for Shrek, which is the best soundtrack ever. It's so funny because I thought that was a I thought that was a Beatles song. It's like I my memory just like is all it's all is mixed it? up going back to that era. Also, the monkeys are a fake band. You're saying it was a band created for a show. 
Um, and then I don't know if they like toured or anything like that. They did. They did make albums. I'm pretty sure. But the, it was a, it was I essentially the monkeys were like a, a big show. band. These guys sound like the Dolphins receivers. I don't know. Mickey Dolan's Peter Tork. Oh, River Craycraft. Wow. He's a, he's yeah, a, wow, that's a <laughs> Durham Smythe. Wow. Wild. Says they were conceived in 1965 as a fictional band for the sitcom The Monkees. Uh, yeah. And they did release an LP. Right. One more email here. Very important. Imitation Crab, as Craig was talking about Imitation <laughs> yeah. Crab. This is crazy. Yeah. It's from Anthony. Hey, Craig, Anthony, I hate to break Tony. it to you. Anthony, Tony. Tony. Tones. Hey, Craig, I hate to break it to you, but there are a ton of imitation foods out there. They're not just, they're just not as honest about it as imitation crab. The in industry is. Okay. Uh, that is why food scientists <laughs> exist is so they can create cheap versions of real foods in a lab and for companies to mass produce it. And they disclose the ingredients as like natural flavorings. But for example, I can't believe this is real. I don't asterisk on this. However, other examples, fake vanilla extract, Includes beaver anal gland juice. Oh, for crying out loud. How are they getting that? <laughs> Seems like that would be harder to get than real vanilla. <laughs> Just grow vanilla. <laughs> it's like, so who's the first person to do a beaver that bladder? What are we doing here? Or a beaver colon? Anus. Yeah. Anus. Jesus. Uh, look, here's the thing. I, I, I'm I'm well aware that the meat industry isn't exactly a transparent organization, right? <laughs> and that there's a lot of like the meat, ambiguous meat. lunch meat that we, yeah. that we've eaten. You know, I don't know what the hell is in those. And lunch the fish you buy is meat. always mislabeled. Right. My issue is more that it is just straight up called imitation <laughs> crab and an advertised as that, and people accepted <laughs> it. The and brand name. It. Yeah, yeah. That's so someone told get. me that. It, it, it it helps people who are kosher be able to eat sushi. However, having said that, it's still just call it something else. There's no crab. Why in does it. that allow you Why to eat you... sushi? It's still fish. Well, no, you you can't eat shellfish if you're Jewish. But that's what's weird is like, why mm -hmm. would you call it a shellfish? Like it's just call it like it's not shellfish. In just it. Like call it, it a weird mixture of fish guts. Well, maybe they're just weirdly honest. <laughs> like I get, yeah, they were just like trailblazers back in the day, and it didn't catch on. They're like, what if we were honest <laughs> about what we were serving people? <laughs> And then Tyson Chicken Dude. Nuggets walked in and was like, fuck that. <laughs> uh, oh, that's funny. Also, there's, I don't know how true this is and how widespread it is, but there's at least apocryphal tales that some places serve calamari, but it's actually um, pig rectum because they're the same show. No, uh, the extra chewy ones, I bet. Mm hmm. I get it. People make fun of me a lot that, that I don't like fish, but this to me just all confirms why people shouldn't like fish. Well, you'll eat a hot dog, but you won't eat freaking... I don't know. Like, hot please. dogs are gross, too, honestly. You go to Taco Bell at <laughs> 2 in the morning? <laughs> yeah, I will. <laughs> okay, cool. I'm not saying I'm super discerning. I'm just saying my take that fish is not very good is, like, pretty sound. I just think it's... Oh, so like, you don't think it's that it's, like, gross and you don't know where it's coming from. You just don't think it's very good. Yeah. Like, I can eat. I, I do like sushi. That's, like, the one fish thing I eat. But, like, any cooked, like, scallops to me, it's, like, really a fishy smell. Uh, so you'll go with of, the raw fish rather than cooked? You prefer raw? Yeah. Well, in some cases, yeah. That's rare. I don't feel like many people go that way. They, you know, anything that anything that tastes remotely fishy. I don't like crab either. I'm just like it's disgusting. Why you eat? Do you that? like imitation crab? No, obviously not. It smells Do you terrible. Like salmon. Salmon's all right. What I'd rather fish just do you eat think chicken. Kai eats? <laughs> You're not Kai, Kai, even Kai eats shrimp. 
Kai hasn't even looked at a fish. <laughs> Kai Fieri over here. Kai Fieri just like out here, just like who knows what like he's doing. You have to douse shrimp in cocktail sauce or something, some kind of butter to make it any good. Yeah, lobster and crab. Are the, crab is better than lobster, in my opinion. What's crazy to me about lobster, aside from the fact that you have to like put in the work and it's like, oh, it's fun to no, it's like you're paying that much. And now you got to like work for it. But it's what's crazy is the idea that you can pay like market price, whatever the hell that is for lobster. I'm like, all right, it's great. Just dip it in liquefied butter. You know what's good in liquefied butter? Everything. Everything. <laughs> the only thing that should come with liquid butter is yeah. the cheapest thing on the menu. Liquid <laughs> butter should come with freaking like guess um hush guess, puppies. Hi, hush guess, puppies guess come what's with good butter. with liquid butter? Bread. Bread I is know. The, it's bread's like, free. It's, <laughs> it's insane that the most expensive thing on the menu is best indulged with liquid. It's like, one of right, the, well, you know what? Maybe it's not that good. It's one of the best marketing ploys that we've ever seen in American history is that the lobster <laughs> should be some high-end decadent meal when in reality, it's the same shit as crab. It's just shellfish meat that you dip in butter and you eat and it's fine. Jim Gaffigan has a whole bit about this, how it's just a sea bug and they were like, what if we just <laughs> said this bug. was like fancy food and sold it for $40 a pound? It's like Grey uh, Goose Vodka where they they rebranded and they chart, they like just doubled the price and it started selling better. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, wow. Just okay. Cool. I don't know. I've just been taking shit for my whole life for not liking seafood. And I'm finally, I'm fighting. Well, back you now. live, how far do you live from the coast in Washington? And you didn't try oysters till you went to Indianapolis? <laughs> yeah. Oysters are That's like objectively beat. disgusting. What are we doing here? I oysters are incredible. <laughs> I no, thought so too. Not. And then you have to, no, oysters are fantastic. Dip them in you hot sauce so you, you can't you taste to, them. You, you have to douse it in lemon, soy sauce, Tabasco, whatever the hell you have, just to like that's mask different than the butter. Salty, no, you add a little <laughs> mucus that you have to swallow. What? It is like mucusy and it's snot. great. It, no, there's a trillion things include that you elevate by adding butter. I'm sorry, lemon, but like butter, just liquid butter is crazy. But no, oysters are great. Get them nice and briny. Yeah. I think oysters and olives. <laughs> nice and briny. Really, oysters and martinis were two things that I was disgusted by viscerally to the point of like wanting to throw up. And then one day I was like, I like them now. But Oysters don't even like pain, the, so I think the, the oyster meat doesn't even want to be eaten. It's like the, the like gunk is stuck to the shell, and you have to like <laughs> scrape it off just to get it into your mouth. It's like you're like, but that's like you're not as bad to me as like, eat it. Well, no, defying nature to me is when like my grandfather insisted on this the boiling lobsters alive. That fucking is that's crazy. Oh my god, have you guys have you guys gone crabbing? By the way, no, crabs are disgusting creatures. In, I've been in a kitchen when somebody boiled the lobster alive and I was not a fan of it. Yeah. It's for horrific. Dude, crabs make the grossest noise. They like little, they like click at you. They're making all these crazy noises and they can like chop off your finger with their fucking claw. <laughs> Roger Sherman wrote like, an incredible article. Dude, Roger Sherman wrote an incredible argue, arg, article for the ringer last week about all the college football conferences. And he wrote about his opening line in the story is, every evolution turns everything into crabs and it's about how like this is real where crabs are this very weird species where they're not like oh this one thing became this it's actually all these very disparate different types of species all came up with the same all ended up sorted into the same bunch because the crab of like protective and pointy and being able to move weird is actually very successful biologically and so they can live on land crab, and in water yeah, all these other random species all independently became crabs. And his point was that college football just, it became a pro league. Like, they're like, yeah, we're going to have 30 teams that matter. But yeah. crabs, yeah. crazy. Good design. All crabs terrain. Are, crabs are creepy little creatures. I don't like them. All right. Email us yeah. at ringerfantasyfootball.gmail.com. Spiders. Your thoughts. 
Uh, they are they are spiders. Hard shell uh, spiders. Ugh. Lobsters are. Fantasyfootball.theroom.com. We have all our rankings. Uh, if you do want more football and less lobster crab talk, fantasyfootball.theroom.com. Get our rankings there. Thank you to DK. Thank you to Craig. Thank you to Kai. Thank you, Tucker. Thank you, Intern Jack. Thank you, Lauren. Lauren. I think the, the the monkeys, man. Check out the show. That's something I grew up on. I can't remember literally anything about it, but I definitely watched it all the time. What was the show? Was the show called The Monkeys? If I if my memory serves, which it's not super reliable, uh, it was like they're pretend Beatles, like they're kind of like the Beatles or whatever, and making it in what was the bit? music? I don't know, dude. It was thirty something years ago. I don't remember. They don't have a pun though in monkeys, unfortunately. Well, no, they do. The keys. K E E S. Maybe that's what not is a that pun. pun? I don't know. They'd have to keep the Y for it to be the pun. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> it should have been like the Muzz right. Dash Keys or something. All right, goodbye, everyone. There's a lot that could impress you about the all-new Honda Prologue EV. True, it's got class-leading passenger space and clean, thoughtful design and intuitive technology. But what really sets the Prologue apart from the competition is that it's more than an EV. It's a Honda. Honda, the power of dreams. Visit honda.com slash prologue to learn more. This episode is brought to you by Lululemon. Guys, if you're ready for a new pair of pants, try one of Lululemon's ABC Pants. They're made to make you look and feel good. And there's lots of different styles to choose from. My favorite, because I walk around LA every day, I like the joggers. I'm not jogging, I'm just walking fast. But if you're working out, I would try them out. And if you want something a little sleek, maybe business-like, maybe try the ABC Slim Fit Trouser. But I am a joggers guy. I just, once COVID happened, I was just like, I'm, I want to wear jogging pants and joggers and all kinds of soft pants as much as I possibly can, especially when I'm working out. Ultra comfortable and versatile ABC pants are really in a league of their own. Buy a pair right now at lululemon.com.